Welcome to the Everyday Advocate Podcast, where we sit down and talk about empowered leadership and healthy relationships as we work in the field of human trafficking and how you can grow as a mentor and leader wherever you are today. This episode talks about human trafficking and shares details that are for mature audiences. Please be advised. It's great to be back on the podcast today with you. It is. And it is with me. Sorry. <laughs> it is with you. It's great it's to be, great with, to you. be with you. Too. It's great to be with me, she says. And really fun because one of our dear friends was here. It always is a joy to be able to sit with your friend and have intentional conversations. I was thinking, you know, we we interact with Lara in a variety of ways and we've been friends for years, but it is there is really something special about sitting down and having an intentional yeah. conversation. And so that's something I really love about the podcast. It gives us an excuse to do that, honestly. Sure. So that's one of the perks. So if you ever want to just, you know, have a reason to have good conversations <laughs> with your friends, start a podcast, yeah. and then they're going to do that. So this series is, we are calling How to Be a Friend 101. Mm -hmm. So on, on the podcast, we obviously were an anti-trafficking organization. And so we do, we our last series touched quite a bit on trafficking. We also focus on mentorship and leadership, two things that we're really passionate about. And so this one in particular is a mentorship series, although we end up talking about a lot of great leadership qualities in it, which I love. And so this How to Be a Friend 101, we coined that because we have used this tool called the Developmental relationships framework in our mentorship program and have just really grown to love it because it gives you, well, a framework yeah. <laughs> to approach your relationships with, in particular, developmental ones. So like when you have a mentee or when you have, when you're a parent or when you, you know, have someone that you're walking alongside in a really intentional way. And so will you just kind of give us a brief yeah. overview of what that is like from a, I don't know, strategic yeah. perspective? Yeah, for sure. So I love this too. So as you were saying that just kind of had to be a friend, I do feel like there's this organic nature to the framework. So it is mm -hmm. a framework, but it's not this like checkbox thing. Yeah. So the developmental relationships put out by the search Institute are the roots of thriving and resilience for young people, regardless of their background or circumstances uh, through these relationships, young people discover who they are, cultivate abilities to shape their own lives and learn how to engage with and contribute to the world around them. And so as we're like practicing these things, expressing care for one another, challenging the growth of one another, providing support, sharing power with somebody else and helping expand possibilities for others. It really is like that. Those are the five, you know, key points of the framework, mm -hmm. but it's also like something that we can do naturally. Yeah. So when we, this is what, why we wanted to do this is just take some time to like kind of pick apart each one and say like, how, what does this actually practically look yeah. like? to express care or today mm -hmm. we had Laura on to talk mm -hmm. about challenge growth. Mm -hmm. And so I, I just think it's really cool to be able to sit, peel back the layers mm -hmm. and just kind of really see uh, what, what it's like in, in a practical way, because that's, mm -hmm. it is how to be a friend, but right. it's also not this like do this and then do this. Yeah. It's, it's just all kind of happens organically. I think even in the conversation today, there was moments where while we were talking about challenging growth aspects of expanding possibilities actually came up. Mm -hmm. We didn't, we didn't call it out. So maybe mm -hmm. people can pick it out themselves, <laughs> but there were things in expressing yeah. care and providing support. So it all just really is woven 
pretty neatly together. Yeah. And as we've had these conversations, people have come to my mind who have done these things for me. They didn't have this framework sitting in front yeah. of them. Right. But you think about who has been a good friend, who has been a natural support system to you. Mm-hmm. If they've done it in a good way, you'll probably be able to think through that people have challenged your growth in a way that's been really helpful. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes in ways that have not been helpful. And we all want to be better people, better friends, have healthier relationships. And so this is like, uh, this is a way for us to think through how to do that with people. Yeah, for sure. So, but before we dive in, we have been doing (laughs) the beginning of our podcast, a little get to know you fun thing. We did the beach ball toss for a while. We did the wheel of questions and now we have this stack of cards with questions. Shout out to Reagan. Gotta give a shout out to Reagan who does so much around just here around here she's just like young the unspoken hero, hero yeah, yes, of allies yeah. so reagan hand wrote all these questions on just cards and so that's what we're gonna that's so how we're gonna who, ask there might the be questions. some ringers in here yeah you we, never know we're, we're trusting you reagan <laughs> <laughs> we didn't look at these cards but i'm gonna fan them out okay and then you're just gonna draw one and then you have to answer them. i have to answer it oh dear <laughs> okay here we go this one says <laughs> what makes you laugh the hardest oh great i love it <laughs> What makes you laugh the hardest? Probably seeing other people belly laugh yeah. makes me laugh the hardest. I think I, I'm thinking of times where, you know, you have that uncontrollable laughter and it kind of mm-hmm. just spirals off of a moment that maybe wasn't even that funny to begin yeah. with. But once you start giggling, you see the other person laugh and it just like yeah. goes on and on. Those are the times yeah. that makes me laugh. I feel hardest. like also those times are usually the times where you're like supposed to be serious. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I like every time I think about that is I actually think about your baby shower and which <laughs> because not about and this that. actually has to do with Laura. It does. She's a stinker. No, we were sitting in the back of your, of the room at your uh-huh. baby shower with Joshua. Yeah. Which is oh. crazy because little guy just started kindergarten. Started kindergarten. Oh, we love him. Shout out to five-year-old Joshua. But so five years ago or so mm-hmm. we were sitting there and I don't even remember what happened. But I think Laura or Sarah or somebody showed me a picture of a sloth. Like that's how it started. And we, I was like, guys, we can't be laughing about this right now. And it just kept going. Like, I don't even remember the origins, but, and that has, I think that's how the story of me apparently loving sloths came to exist. <laughs> because because of that. Funny. But we were uncontrollably laughing and I remember exchanging some eyes with you. You probably don't remember that, but I'm like, oh man. What are you guys doing back there? Yeah. I was probably like, what am I missing yeah, out like, on? I want to be laughing too. <laughs> you know? So it wasn't, it was about a sloth. Mm-hmm. So, and I, I distinctly remember too, my best friend growing up, Kelly, we spent the night at each other's house endless amount of times, but I remember one in particular in her bedroom where we were, you know, when you're supposed to go to sleep, the lights are supposed to be It's always when you're off. supposed to be doing yes. something. <laughs> and we could not stop laughing. And her mom came in, Sandy, bless your heart for loving us. She came into our room so many times to try to tell us to be quiet. We could not do it. We couldn't do it. And so you're right. I think it's the times when you shouldn't be. But so. it's so great to laugh, laugh. Yes, it feels so good. Such a good medicine. What is the nicest thing that someone else has done for me? What a oh, great question. Man. That's a really good question. I feel like I have to like go through my Rolodex of like memories really quickly and just the one that that's comes so to mind. Hard. Ooh, 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 man, this is tough. Maybe it doesn't have to be the nicest. The nicest. I, well, but. I'll just like talk about kind of generically, maybe something that just in recent time has mm-hmm. happened where there was something that I was walking, this is going to be very vague and I'm so sorry, but there's something that I'm walking through and I had been praying about it and talking to my husband about it and there, and we didn't know how something was going to come to fruition, but we said like, we're in, we're all in and we're going to figure it out. And three separate occasions, three different people 
or couples, you know, different groups of people came to us with like provision and oh. with, and, and were able to bless us out like, and they didn't know what we were praying about. They didn't know that we needed something or were looking mm-hmm. for questions or mm-hmm. even just asking God to like feel seen. Mm-hmm. And like God used these three different people mm-hmm. and groups of people to show us like how much he actually cared mm-hmm. about us. And so those people didn't even know what they were doing. I yeah. don't think. And, uh-huh. and I was just like, I just, I keep coming back to this. It is like more blessed to give than to receive. I yeah. mean, I was blessed, you know, by their generosity mm-hmm. and their, the, the just kindness that they were showing to us. But like, I'm sure that they were, they were just, you know, doing what they felt, you mm-hmm. know, was, was kind and nice, you yeah. know, and gifting, you know, probably maybe it was someone random or maybe God put us on their heart. I don't know, but it was, it was just really cool. Cause I remember Nathan and I just leaving a dinner with some friends and thinking like, wait, what just happened? Mm-hmm. And, and then we both just kind of were silent for a little while. And like both of us just like being able to like reflect, I'm like, we felt like the lavishness of God because mm, of this. And so, so cool. shout out to those three separate people. Which I'm not going <laughs> to name, but they, if they listen, I don't know they probably don't, but maybe they do <laughs> shout out to them because they're nice, their niceness, their kindness, like really inspired and encouraged me recently. So that's yeah. cool. What a neat story. Yeah. Thanks for sharing yeah. that. Well, hey, we're sitting here with our friend, Laura, and we're so excited uh, to have you with us today. But before we jump in, we always like to just get to know our guests a little bit. We know you super well, but tell us for, for our guests here, who are you personally and what do you pr- do professionally? Okay. Like I said, or like she said, my name is Laura and what do I do? Who am I personally? I am... All kinds of things, I guess. But one of the things that I am is a good friend, which I love that Jessica and Audrey are two friends of mine. And that is one thing that I really love being is a friend. And I love being friends with these two lovely ladies. But um, I back at you. (laughs) And I love that. I love the work that I get to do. So I actually work with adult women who have potentially experienced trafficking or some form of commercial sexual exploitation. And I actually, though, got my start in this work and anti-trafficking work at Allies a long time ago. So I know (laughs) like it's been eight or nine years, which is crazy. And so I also just love, which I guess that's very relational too. I feel like because I feel like really professionally and personally, I, my, I have a large overlap in that what is so life-giving to me is relationship. Mm -hmm. And so Not only is that in my personal life that I really love and value that and a lot of my life centers around that, but it also gets to bleed into my work. And so I get to be relational with the people that I work with, too, which I just really love. And so I feel like it's kind of a both and. That's so good. And can confirm mm-hmm. for one Can of the best confirm. friends Can confirm. it's like when laura comes and sits down next to you to have a conversation it's like you put a big blanket around yeah. yourself Aww, and you like I cozy in and you're like okay i mean this i is love good. that feeling so yeah. that's good <laughs> that's really good okay also tell us what do you do for fun like what's a what's a fun day for laura it would always include relationships. So usually if I have, I would love to have someone that I love with me. I'm an extrovert. So people are usually a part of my fun. I love going to the farmer's market in the summertime. This, the weather for me that the last week has been ideal in that like evenings and mornings, I could literally sit outside on the front porch mm-hmm. for hours on end. It's hard for me to go inside right now when it's mm-hmm. just beautiful, not yeah. so hot. And so I really love doing that and like chatting with a friend or whatever, if I'm, if they're with me, I, play is something that I'm growing in. So I feel like I don't always, 
my fun usually involves like sitting and chatting. It's not super like active, I go, I would say, but I'm learning how to play in other ways. So, but yeah, I would say it's just spending time with people. It's farmer's markets are really life giving to me. And, and I love doing that in the summertime, reading, listening to books. I drive an hour for work, so I get some audio books in things like that. Does your pup still come with you on your He does. Not every day. He did today, actually. So, yeah, I have a dog that gets to come with me to work sometimes. So that is fun. does bring it a large <laughs> a whole amount other of fun. Level. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He actually has taught me how to play in some good Aww. ways. So, uh-huh. yeah. That's so how great. old is he now? He's two. Two. Mm-hmm. His name's what? Murphy. Shout out two. to Murphy. <laughs> yeah, Murphy. <laughs> so, so great. Yeah. <laughs> One of the other things we love to ask every single person that comes onto our show is because we really do like sometimes the topics that we get into can be heavy, they can mm-hmm. be challenging, and it can be hard to see the light sometimes, but mm-hmm. we always like to bring that light. And so mm-hmm. we like to ask each guest, what is encouraging you lately? Mm-hmm. This I got this question ahead of time, so I was mm-hmm. thinking about it. <laughs> and... I think that what I landed on was actually Stephanie is the person. It's a person for me. Um, Shocking. I know. <laughs> and so Stephanie is who has been encouraging me lately. She is one of my dearest friends, but she, she also, I also work with her, which is like a wonderful thing that mm-hmm. I get to do professional and personal in that way too. But I just was thoughtful about it in the ways that she has encouraged me in the last, really in the last month has been just I don't know. It just has felt much more intentional. Like I have seen it much more intentionally, probably because I just reflected on this question. But I, the thing that I thought was she has encouraged me in relationships, like challenging me to do some things that are not natural for me to do, but are really good for me to, to do, like in a stretching, growing sort of way. She also challenges me just recently. I feel like there has just been just with our work and just different things, but just the way that she has been sitting with Jesus and just some of the things that she is learning and sharing with me has been really encouraging. I have felt really weary in my work recently and just some of the things that she has learned and reminded me of has been really encouraging and just a reminder of like where, where we get our hope from ultimately and just where to bring our women back to, you know, like how to just how to handle that. And so, yeah, so she has just kind of encouraged me in lots of, on lots of levels and just to look for, for miracles in our midst, which we have been seeing them in really beautiful ways. And she also has, she encouraged me a lot in, she's a visionary, she's a dreamer, and she's been doing it a lot lately. And Mm -hmm. she's pulling me along for the ride (laughs) and which has, which I am not naturally a visionary or a dreamer. We're a good team in that, like, but watching her dream and have faith in big things has been really like beautiful and encouraging to watch. So mm-hmm. she really has, yeah, there, there has just been a lot of elements of encouragement from her recently. Yeah. I imagine if she was here sitting in the seat next to us, she'd probably like have a right back at you. Yeah. Laura. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, yeah. I watching the two of you work together is a yeah. really beautiful thing. Thank you. That. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. been a gift for mm-hmm. lots of reasons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that. Well, we are currently in this new series talking about the developmental relationships framework, Mm -hmm. which is a framework put out by the Search Institute. We use this in our mentor training. It's how we kind of the the lens in which we look through relationships, whether it's in our mentoring relationships or with each other as coworkers or even in our personal lives. We have found that it, it just really translates super well. And so we wanted to just take the time to break that down. Each episode in the series is we're going to focus on one. So the framework consists of express care, provide support, share power, expand possibilities, and challenge growth. And so today we're going to be talking about challenge growth. 
Great. Uh, with you, Laura. And it's interesting because in, in what was encouraging, you did talk about I did. You're right. the I did fact not that plan people that. have been challenging your <laughs> yeah, growth. That's true. So I think that that aligns really great. But just excited to just talk about this with you mm-hmm. and how you see it play out. And so really challenge growth is just pushing people to keep getting better. That's mm-hmm. how the Search Institute would break it down in, in the simplicity. And so they break that down in a little bit further into four actions. And mm-hmm. so the four actions are expect my best, hold me accountable, stretch, and reflect on failure. So we're just going to take this time to kind of walk through right. each one of those point by point okay. and, and chat about it and how it translates and how we see it show up in our, in our work, but also in our personal lives. Mm-hmm. And so first up, is expect my best. So how like how does it look like what does it look like to help others live up to their potential in your perspective? Yeah, I mean, this might sound redundant, but to expect their best. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you just heard it, but I think that the one of the things I remember when I started doing this work was one of the first young I actually so I started with allies. So I started working with adolescents. So one of the first girls that I met, actually before I even met her, it was in a residential facility. And the staff person said, basically, she didn't think this girl would ever live outside of a residential facility because of her condition and just her trauma and just how that was playing out. And I remember thinking in my head, that cannot be true. Like, and I just, and so I guess for me, probably one of the reasons I am in this work and stay in this work is because I believe that the women I work with, but also the the people in my life have the potential to grow and change. And so I just see it like I just it is just something that I choose to believe is true for every person. So no matter their diagnosis, no matter their situation, I think that there is always room for anyone to show growth and change. But I think a lot of that can happen can be stunted because nobody believed it, but can also grow because someone begins to believe it or to begins to see it. And so I think that I really do think that their simple point is true is that you can just choose to believe that someone has more potential than what they're putting out right now. Mm -hmm. And I feel like you probably maybe, I don't don't know if this is my, I was going to say it's probably especially true for the people that we serve, but maybe that's not a correct statement. I don't know. Yeah. But you almost need people to speak it into your life. Mm -hmm. Like if you're in a a space where things have been difficult Mm -hmm. and it's really hard for you to see it for yourself, to Mm -hmm. see more than what you are and what your circumstances, Mm -hmm. there is such power in people from the outside Mm -hmm. seeing it and speaking it over you and seeing it for you. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think too, I mean, I, I, would say that, yeah, we, I think we can maybe assume that it is more for people like that we work with, you know, and I, but I would say that it is for all of us because I think about even the last I've worked at grit into grace where I work for six years, probably this fall, but the, the ways that those women have challenged my growth without even knowing it, like, and, and they've come from very different backgrounds than I have. And, and so I just, yeah, they, they have seen in me and spoken into me more than what I have seen too. And so I think it really, it comes from all sides and directions, but I think people choosing to see that and then speaking it out can happen anywhere you go. I was curious if you have an example and if you don't, that's okay. Is there a way that, so 
kind of sounds like there's maybe two ways to go about it. There's a just a posture shift. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm going to choose right. this attitude. Yes. I'm going to assume the best. I'm going to expect the best mm-hmm. uh, in this person. Mm-hmm. But then there's also this idea of speaking it to, mm-hmm. to that person that you believe that mm-hmm. about. Mm-hmm. Do you have examples maybe – and I'm thinking specifically in the way that someone has challenged your growth or expect, expected the best from you or spoken that into your life – like, what does that actually look like? So if someone is listening in there thinking like, okay, like, do people think that about me? Like, what might that actually sound like? I think that part of the challenge is in order to get that, you have to give something and that, and giving in terms of like giving in relationship, like you're allowing someone in this space to know you to a certain degree so that they... Yeah. So that they know you in order to say, oh, I see this in you or I've watched this in you. And so I think some of it comes from you allowing people into your life to have that place to speak. And that's on different levels. Like, you know, Stephanie, for example, knows me differently than one of the women that I serve because those are different relationships. But at the same time, they both know me, know parts of me enough and are, are with me enough to be able to reflect back on what they see. But a lot of, I I would say, I can't necessarily think of a specific example, but what I know is as I am honest about my own maybe struggles of where I, of what I believe about myself or um, what's true or something about my work or whatever, as I am honest with those thoughts out loud, I would say that's then when I'm reflected, there's often a reflection back that is different than what I believe. And so I think a lot of it is I think a lot comes from us being even willing to put a little bit of us out there in a a trusted place, right? Obviously, but so that people can have the opportunity to reflect that back. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Another aspect of the challenge growth piece of the framework is hold me accountable. Mm -hmm. And I know (laughs) that a lot of times we don't want to be held accountable or we do want to be held accountable and it's been done in a maybe like hurtful ways. Mm -hmm. And, you know, everyone experiences this very, can experience it very differently. But from coming from the standpoint of we're the ones wanting to hold someone else accountable, Mm -hmm. what does that actually look like to help someone learn how to take responsibility for their actions? Yeah, that's hard. Some of it is not taking consequences away from them Mm -hmm. is one of the things that I would say. So in order for someone to be able to hold themselves accountable, you cannot remove their consequences um, because consequences are a teacher. And so I think that's part of it. I think boundaries are part of holding someone responsible. I remember one of the women that I've worked with for a long time she said to me that I was the first person in her life who taught her that boundaries could be loving and, and, but, but within those boundaries, it held her actions accountable. And so I think boundaries can be a way that you hold someone accountable to their actions, boundaries in your own life, like my boundaries, like what I set with someone help hold them accountable because I'm not going to allow something based on my boundaries, you know? And so I think that can hold someone accountable. I think sometimes it's not jumping on the drama train after they choose to do something. And then they want your sort of pity when actually it's a consequence of their choices and it, they don't always feel very good, but they're just there. I mean, I remember a woman who was trying to get me to do that. And I just said, consequences just are not fun. And she did not like that answer because 
she knew I was right, but she wanted me to jump on a different train with her. And so I think sometimes it's just being able to step outside of whatever they're trying to get around and to be able to sort of see the truth and just say like, yeah, it doesn't feel good, but this is just a a result of the action or the choices that you made. And so do I want to take them out of those sometimes? Absolutely I do. But again, the consequences are some of the best teachers for all of us, right? It helps us know what maybe we shouldn't do the next time. And so, but it is a hard thing to learn how to, when and where and how to step in and when to pull back and just allow things to happen so that they're their own teacher. I think there is like a mutuality to it. I was sitting here thinking as you were talking, I feel like there has to be buy-in from that person, right? You can't just set a boundary or consequence arbitrarily Mm -mm. to try to challenge their growth and hold them accountable if they're not willing to participate too, right? So there is a piece of like, okay, what is it that you want to do? Yeah. And I believe that with you and for you, Mm -hmm. I'm going to help you by holding you accountable. Mm -hmm. But they've chosen what that is. It's not me choosing for them, choosing for them, which is huge because then it's just they're going to fail if they haven't chosen it for themselves. Yes. And I think, too, I think you made a good point. Both of the examples I use were women I had been in relationship for years with. And so, yeah, holding someone accountable is different based on how what your relationship Mm -hmm. looks like, because if you're if you don't know someone and you choose to hold them accountable, well, that. I would be like, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> you don't know me. Like, yeah. you don't have the right almost to, yeah. is what it would feel like to me mm-hmm. to hold me accountable. So it does come differently in the context of relationship. Yeah. But yeah, when there's buy-in from that party, yeah, there's definitely a different mm-hmm. result. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think too, another thought that came to my mind as you both were talking was there's this buy-in aspect and there's this relational aspect and there is this requirement for the person holding them accountable to like have consistency. Yeah. I think too, like sometimes like the, the consequence can feel like it changes and Mm -hmm. that can obviously result in confusion and frustration. And what are you actually holding me accountable to? Is Mm -hmm. that something I agreed to? Like, Mm -hmm. I don't want to be held accountable to that. And there may be times where we're challenging their growth because we do believe in them to do Mm -hmm. better or to, you know, reach a goal that they've set for themselves. Mm -hmm. And, but I think, coming alongside of someone saying like, how do you want me to hold you accountable to this? And mm-hmm. and then being consistent in that. And mm-hmm. I, I love the idea of like consequences are teachers. Mm-hmm. I've never heard it that way. And I really mm-hmm. like that because, you know, when, I mean, we all have a job, mm-hmm. you know, we're held accountable in our job. And if we don't do our job, yeah, there's a consequence to that. Right. And so like, there's things like that too. I think it like, it does translate to relationships, to goal setting, to sports or a job or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Well, and we have to, just like any teacher, you get to choose whether you mm-hmm. listen to that teacher right. or not. It doesn't <laughs> right. mean your consequences yeah. are always teachers, but you don't have to choose to listen yeah, to them. Yeah, that's true. Or you can. Yeah, that's yeah. so good. That, I'm going to, I'm going to jump to yeah. the fourth one and we'll go back to the third one, which is <laughs> reflect on failures. Mm-hmm. And so I know that failure can feel like a harsh word sometimes, mm-hmm. I think especially in our culture today, mm-hmm. but thinking about being held accountable and you had said something about like being in relationship with them and, Mm -hmm. and helping them. Like Mm -hmm. you kind of naturally talked about, like I'm helping them reflect on their own failures and Mm -hmm. thinking through those consequences. So what might helping someone learn from mistakes or setbacks look like from your perspective? Yeah. That's also, I feel like goes back to Mm buy-in. I mean, you can, there's always, I think there, if you have a relationship, there can always be a conversation, Mm -hmm. right? There can always be reflection. There can always be questions, but I think, those things can happen and some people respond and some people have 
zero desire to have that conversation. And, and it might be the same person on a different day, you know, like they might love it one day and not want to hear it the next. And so I think that that's, that's difficult because I, you want, because you recognize, right, that there could be really great potential in talking about this and learning from it and making choices different as a result of it. But if they don't, if they are not in a place where they want their growth to be challenged or where they maybe even feel like they want to change, it's not, it's, it's heard differently, I guess. And so you can have that conversation all day long, but, and reflect on failures and talk about them and say, this is what I've seen and, um, you know, fill in the blank. But until they actually want to engage in that conversation with you, it's difficult. Difficult to not try to control the outcome and control the situation. Absolutely. And one of the things that I, this is a term that I feel like you introduced to us that Mm -hmm. we keep bringing up Mm -hmm. because it's so beautiful is the dignity of risk. Absolutely. I thought about it. Can you just kind of expand on what that means? Yeah. So one of someone introduced it to me too at my job and I think it is a beautiful phrase. It feels a little bit like the words clash together a little bit, but I think that every person is, has, should have the dignity, should be given the dignity to choose to choose, which, and some of those choices produce risk, right? And so, I mean, this is true, I think, in any relationship, but in the work that we do with the population of people that we serve specifically, I think maybe we just see it more frequently or it's just up close a little bit more. Um, But it's just allowing people like, again, I'm in a different position. I can look at a situation differently. I'm not in that position. And so I can see something that maybe someone else can't see, but ultimately it's their life. And I, I can give them all the information that I have ultimately, like I can help them. I can, I can offer it to them if they want. But at the end of the day, what, what is most loving for me then is to allow them the dignity to risk their choice, like to choose for themselves, which could be the choice that leads them back to using, or could be the choice that leads them down a path of a relationship that I can pretty much guarantee is not going to be good but allowing them as a human being to have the dignity to make the choices for their own life, even if they are risky. And even if I would love to say, please don't do that. Like, please choose something different. Like, but, but I think about my own life. I don't want you to choose for me. Like I can say that for me, like I, I want you to give me that dignity. And so I think that every person, whether they can name that or not desires that. And I think as we give people the dignity of risk, and allow them to make their own choices. What I have seen is they come back, you know, people come back to, to sit and maybe be more open to that conversation about failure or recognize that maybe that wasn't the best choice. And here I am in the same spot again. Mm -hmm. And yet I can come back and maybe ask a different question this time. I'm sure we can all think of people, parents, grandparents, whoever, Mm -hmm. there's probably someone in our lives that have that we don't want to get advice from or right. counsel from because they try to control and manipulate Absolutely, that's our decisions. True. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm even just thinking of myself as a parent. Mm-hmm. And it's really difficult to let your kids mm-hmm. take a risk, mm-hmm. even if you can see the outcome, whether it be something as silly as like falling off the couch right. or yeah. whatever, right? right? Uh-huh. And that translates ongoing, yeah. right? So it's really difficult. But you can think of people, back to my original point, you can think of people in your life that you're like, man, I really don't want to ask them what I should do because Mm -hmm. they're going to try to manipulate me Mm -hmm. or control my outcome. Mm -hmm. And so if we can think about how, and when we engage with others, how to 
kind of let that go mm-hmm. and have that dignity of risk mindset. Like I can get, I'll give you the most, I love what you said. The most loving thing you can do is give that to them mm-hmm. and just kind of let it go at that point. Mm-hmm. That's really hard. It's a lot yeah. harder to do than yeah. say. Well, and I think too, and not, and not walking away or judging if they don't make the choice you want yes. them to yes. make. Yes. I was going to say that a, a really crucial component to that is that unconditional love, which yeah. only really does come in that relationship. So I think, mm-hmm something that tethers all of this and it is the developmental relationships mm-hmm. framework, right? So there has to be that undertone of relationship. And I think to what you were saying, Jess, too, like people, I feel like I hear all the time people saying like, well, I, I've made that mistake. So don't, yeah. I already know how this ends, but you made maybe a mistake in your own context with your own, you know, relationships or jobs or whatever that thing is. And so you can say that, but people do have to experience consequences sometimes for themselves. And obviously there may be things that, you know, if we know that something is going to have a a consequence that we're responsible for, that we need to like maybe redirect. But in the, in the grand scheme of things, it's allowing them that. And I just, I do, I love that concept, but, and it's, you may have a life experience that people can learn from, but I think that comes out in relationship and conversation and, and sharing your life with somebody else, whether it's in a mentoring or a friendship relationship. But I, but I think like, I, I hear that all the time. Like, you know, I was able to, you know, pick myself up and I, you know, I learned the hard way, so I don't want them to have to learn the hard way. And, but that's sometimes resilience. Sometimes that's what we need is to character. learn. Yeah, resilience. Yeah. Like the, that, sometimes we have to learn the hard way. Mm-hmm. We do. And I think too, even in that, it's not that, that your experiences are not valid and they don't matter to share because right. I think, you know, again, we can give them all of this information, right? You can share from your own experience. Like, you know, I did X, Y, and Z and this was my experience. That might then, they might take that to heart and it might help them make a different decision. But at the end of the day, it isn't your decision to make, but you can offer them your own experience. Like, you know, And so I think, yeah, and there's a, the stages of growth and I don't know them well, but what I know of them is there is this, there can be in the stages of growth, people grow, right? They, they have come out of something, they're beginning to grow. And oftentimes part of the natural stage of growth is to go back. And one of the main reasons is in going back that it's actually an important stage in growth is to recognize that you don't belong there anymore. And so, but until you go there, I can tell you all day long that I don't think you belong there, but until you go back with sort of your new growth and your new development and go back to an old place, you don't necessarily know that for yourself. And I can't just, I mean, telling you is very different than you going and experiencing it. And so I think about that too. Like I think that's hard too, though, because sometimes we don't understand because, oh, you've done all this growth. And then here, all of a sudden you're going back to this thing that was from forever ago. And what happened to all that growth? You know, it didn't go anywhere. This is just a part of that, those stages. And sometimes what they need is to go experience something from their past to recognize, oh, I am different. I have grown. That isn't what I want anymore. And then to come out and, and be able to move forward in a different way. I think that's such a good word for just all of us to hear that Mm -hmm. seeing like, cause sometimes we'd be like, Oh man, they, they failed or they Mm -hmm. relapsed or Mm -hmm. whatever. They, they made that bad choice again, you know, that's from our perspective, Mm -hmm. but being able to look and say, no, like that's good because they, they, they were able to probably come back to you and reflect with you. Yeah. You know that that's not, I I love that Mm -hmm. as a necessary step and, and something that's encouraging to those Mm -hmm. that are walking with people that are in a, in a season where they're trying to figure things out for Mm -hmm. themselves. So Mm -hmm. that's really good. Okay. So the last one is stretch. So part of challenge growth, right, is to to push others to go further. Yeah. So how can we do that 
I think I'm going to like look at it in kind of two different ways, but how mm-hmm. can we do that in a way that honors where they're at, mm-hmm. uh, doesn't can try to control the outcome for them, um, but mm-hmm. does, but does challenge them to, to go further. Uh, and I'm going to add the twist on how can we do that in a way that's trauma informed? Hmm. That's <laughs> tricky. The first thing that came to my mind is actually just to do it in front of them. So to, to be yourself in front of them, because I, part of what grit into grace does is we do some classes in the Marion County jail. And this actually was in our group yesterday. We talked about social safety and within that healthy relationships. And these are adult women. And one of the women we were asking a question and one of the women said, basically, like, I have never seen that. And I don't even know that it's possible. Like, I don't even know that social safety is possible. I can't even basically wrap my mind around that. And so the reason that I think about that, because I thought like, I it, I mean, that is, it makes me so sad for that to be their truth. But what I think is, I know that it's something different is possible, but I can tell her that all day long. But showing her that is going to look very different than telling her. And so I think in stretch, that's stretching, right? For her to watch a healthy relationship is actually stretching for her. And so sometimes I think maybe we think that to stretch someone is this big to do, right? We have to come up with a way for them to be stretched or to, you know, to do X, Y, and Z to be stretched. And I think a lot of it comes from you actually just living your life that looks different than theirs and they're paying attention, right? And so it is stretching them to recognize like, oh, something could be different. There could be a different option for me. It, life can look different. I'm, so I think that's the first thing that came to my mind is is really just if you are someone who is growing and changing in your own life, I think challenging growth comes from just living life in front of people. And I think about like even, you know, like I mentioned Stephanie at the beginning and, and challenging my growth and some of that is just like, I'm just watching it. Like I'm watching her follow Jesus. I'm watching her um, dream. I'm watching her. She's not asking me to be stretched. She's not saying like, Laura, I'm going to stretch you in this way. She's just doing it in front of me. And in that I'm watching it, I'm witnessing it. And I want to, I want to go that way too, you know? And so to me that I think that, yeah, we think it's a plan, but I think more often than not, it's an example. And so that was the first thing that came to my mind. I think Stretching comes in the form of questions too. Like again, built on relationship. I'm not going to ask, you know, someone I meet today the same question I would meet you, Audrey or Jessica, because I have relationship with you, right? But I'm a question asker and I think questions are a beneficial tool because I think more often than not, people know already places and ways they need stretched. I know that I do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and sometimes, but sometimes what I need is someone to ask me a question. Yeah kind of pull it out. Of yes, you. literally. Or mm-hmm. like you have talked about this before, like, how is that going? Like, yeah. I mean, literally it can just be as simple as that. Yeah. Like you've talked about wanting to grow in this. How is that going for you? Like you, what does that look like? What's the challenge? Like, because I think those are stretching conversations, right? And that again, it goes back to that. There has to be some vulnerability there because I'm going to share with you Things that are, even if I don't know what I'm sharing, I'm just talking, whatever. But you have heard, oh, Lara wants to grow in that, or Lara is learning about that. So three weeks down the road, I'm going to remember that and then bring it back up, right? And say, like, how's that going? Like, you know, what what are you learning? Like, so to me, 
those are probably some, and I, and I would say that doing that is a trauma informed way to stretch someone. It's not just saying like, well, why did you do that? Or what were you thinking? Like, let's try it this way. I mean, those are, those feel very like attacking to me, but if you are listening to someone and I think we all carry trauma, right? You don't, we have some form of trauma. Every one of us does. And so no matter the extent of your trauma, every person wants to be heard and listened to. And I think that for all of us, the best way we're stretched is when someone has heard us and then basically uses our own words to come back around yeah. and stretch us. So and because then it doesn't feel so attacking, right? You mm-hmm. can't argue with your own right. statement. It's like, yeah. oh yeah, I did say that. And thank mm-hmm. you for challenging my growth and stretching yeah. me to so bring that, me back to that. Because sometimes it's just like the needing the reminder that you said it. Absolutely. I'm, I'm a verbal processor, so I say a lot of things. <laughs> so, and sometimes it's just me, you know, and so when I am given the space and the freedom to process with somebody, mm-hmm. when they are able to pick out, like, I heard you say this and I heard you say this, mm-hmm. it allows me to go a level deeper and say mm-hmm. like, I didn't mean that. Mm-hmm. Or yes, I maybe I did mean that and I need to explore that further on my own. And so I do think it, again, in the context of a, a, a safe, trusting relationship, mm-hmm. I think that's just really great to be able to model that, example that, to live that out in front of people and mm-hmm. and just show people that like you see them. Mm-hmm. And I think that like does, it shows like you're challenging them by seeing them and mm-hmm. telling them like, I do see you, mm-hmm. which I think is really powerful. And it's what we all want, right? Yeah. I mean, even mm-hmm. if it scares us to death, it yeah. is what we want. Mm-hmm. I want to be seen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As you were talking, I got this like visual. I'm going to try to explain it because I think it's helpful. It was helpful for my brain when I was like processing mm-hmm. what you were saying. But thinking about stretching, I was literally thinking about like a person just kind of sitting immobile, like mm-hmm. they need growth, right? Mm-hmm. They need. And stretching is different than pushing. Yeah. And that you're like maybe reaching in and grabbing their hand and pulling them out mm-hmm. and and stretching them instead of like getting behind them and like giving them a push. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So it's like this, I see there's more for you. I'm going to try to help draw it out of you. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be there with you mm-hmm. instead of, I see there's something you need to do. Go do it. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I think that's a great picture. That's such a, it's a, it's a more loving way to mm-hmm. help them grow and mm-hmm. stretch to mm-hmm. kind of be there and pull it out. You're not letting them stay immobile. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's also not getting behind them and just shoving them right. forward. Well, and I think that goes to it. That is a great trauma informed picture, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. it's because the stretch is not can happen at different levels yeah. and different speeds. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And so stretching can look different for a different person. But stretching is is much more of that gradual, like, let me walk alongside you. Let mm-hmm. me do this with you. Mm-hmm. Let me ask these questions than a shove, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then yeah. like, just go out and do this. Like, mm-hmm. I see this. Why aren't you doing it? You yeah. know, yeah. like that doesn't motivate me either. Right. <laughs> but yeah, so it's just, it's like a, yeah, it's an invitation, mm-hmm. right? It's an invitation to become more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like that. It's so good. Okay. So challenging growth <laughs> is can be tough, Mm -hmm. but it's necessary Mm -hmm. to our growth. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, for us to promote within each other, a growth mindset to help us kind of look at Mm -hmm. our past and say, okay, how can I learn from the things that I've done or the things that have happened to me? And I think one of the really, really cool parts is as you're doing that, like just how you were talking about Stephanie and Mm -hmm. she's modeling this for you and it's stretching you. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you're doing that and people are watching you and Mm -hmm. it's a, it's a domino effect, right? Mm -hmm. So then everyone in the community, everyone that you're touching with your life is growing, whether Mm -hmm. they know it or not, or asking for it or not. So I think that's a, it's a really cool piece of 
the developmental relationships and this whole relational puzzle. Because mm-hmm. um, I do feel like relationships are like puzzles sometimes. Yes. <laughs> um, there, there's a lot of uh, pieces to them. Mm-hmm. But I did want to just like, give the opportunity. We leave every guest with just like an opportunity for a final thought. Is mm-hmm. there anything you want to leave uh, our listeners with today? Well, when you talked about challenging growth, the thing that I thought of and the thing that we have tried, we talk a lot about it, grit into grace is we believe in Jesus. And we, what we see Jesus modeling is that he's not only love and he's not only truth, he's both. Mm-hmm. And so it's learning the balance. And I think when you challenge growth, you need both. Mm-hmm. You need both love and both truth and, and truth as well. And so I think that that's, yeah, that's the thought that I would want yeah. people to think about is how can you do relationship? How can you challenge growth? How can you stretch someone mm-hmm. with both love and truth? Because one without the other as uh, isn't complete. Mm-hmm. Like I, I mean, again, Stephanie, it's a great example of like, I, I, even, even if sometimes the truth doesn't feel as good as the love, it actually makes me feel more loved because Stephanie is willing to enter into those places with me mm-hmm. because she sees something in me, right? Because she wants to stretch me because mm-hmm. she knows that there's something better, right? There's yeah. more, there's, and maybe something that I can't see, but I, but I feel more loved by her because she does both. Mm-hmm. And I think initially we might not think that, or we might not like the idea of like, Ooh, you know, truth just doesn't always feel as good as love does. But when they're both, when they are done together and yeah. they're done well, it is a really powerful thing. And I think a really life transforming thing. And so it's something that I want, I, I hope that every person can experience in someone is that someone is, is in their life that can speak love and truth mm-hmm. in a way that is good and beneficial for their growth. That's so good. Thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thanks and for just having like, me. Yeah, and just sharing just from your own personal experiences how mm-hmm. people have challenged your growth yeah. and also how you can do that by living it out. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I loved sitting with you. We love it too. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for joining us for the Everyday Advocate podcast. We hope you left inspired to make a difference in your community wherever you are today. Be sure to check out our show notes for any resources that we mentioned today. We release a new episode every Friday, so subscribe wherever you're listening from so you don't miss out. Feel free to give us a rating and share your favorite episodes with your friends to help inspire them to be everyday advocates too. We'd also love to hear from you. You can email us at Everyday Advocate at allies-inc.org and follow us on Instagram at the underscore everyday underscore advocate.